day and I thank you for once again permitting me into your home and heart. I remain the voice of one. One Friday evening, a man began feeling pain in his mouth. The pain was coming from a decaying tooth. He tried everything he could to get rid of the pain, but none of the painkillers he ingested deadened the pain for long. He even crossed painkillers and applied the powder directly to the painful area, but that did not work either. By the next day, Saturday, he was in unbearable pain and could not even eat any of his delightful favorite meals, which usually contained a lot of meat. By Sunday, the situation had become so bad that he attempted to use a pair of pliers to pull the tooth out by himself disregarding the potential harm that a contaminated pair of pliers could cause even after cleaning them with methylated spirit. For this man, it was an exceedingly long weekend. He had endured the agony of the toothache and all he could think about was Monday morning and the dentist. So, come Monday morning, he dashed off to the dentist and arrived while the clinic was being cleaned. By the time the dentist arrived, he was eager to jump into the dentist's chair but discovered that there were patients who already had appointments from previous visits. After what seemed like an eternity, he finally found himself in the dentist's chair. However, after the dentist had inspected the tooth, the dentist announced, much to the man's disappointment, that the tooth could not be extracted at that time. The dentist then gave the man some drugs to prepare him for the tooth extraction within a few days. So he went home and took the prescribed drugs. Soon, the man felt better and was able to eat his favorite meaty meals again. On the day appointed for the tooth extraction, the man completely forgot about the appointment because he was enjoying a pain-free mouth and his favorite meaty meals. He never went near the dental clinic again until one day, several weeks later, the pain resurfaced. And yep, it was on a Friday evening. And then, the process of wanting to deal with the tooth problem by all means, including unhealthy ones, began all over again. For this man, as long as he had relief from pain, he was okay. He did not even remember the dentist. It was not until the pain resurfaced that it dawned on him he had a festering problem in his mouth, which was again going to give him an unbearable weekend. This story highlights the importance of timely dental care to avoid severe toothaches and complications arising from dental issues. But more importantly, I told this true life story as a parable to speak to some people who attend church meetings only when they have difficulties and face life's challenges. Such people would do anything and everything and go anywhere and everywhere to find a solution. Using the scenario of the man who was only interested in getting relief from his toothache, let me discuss what some people mistakenly call repentance. People who only seek relief from their problems are unmindful of where the solution comes from, provided they can find respite from the difficulty and challenge. As long as they don't have to change their lifestyle or give up their usual ungodly habits, they gladly claim to repent. But such repentance is false, fake, and fraudulent. True or genuine repentance comes from the heart and begins with the conviction that one is a sinner who needs a savior, Jesus Christ. Genuine repentance involves a willingness to forsake sin. Unfortunately, some of the people claiming to have repented and attending church meetings today are only there because they want relief from the difficulties, challenges, and problems they are going through. They are neither willing nor prepared to change their ungodly lifestyle in any way. These false repentance only remember God and engage in repentance when things are not going well for them. They are serial repenters who appear remorseful when facing difficulties, but once they find relief, they forget about their repentance. These people would even fast, pray, attend every church meeting and program, and do whatever is asked of them, hoping to get the relief they seek. They recite prayers of repentance as often as they think necessary, believing it would give them that relief. 
These are people who go from one church to another, responding to altar calls, hoping to find the relief they so desperately need. Sadly, they never forsake their sinful lifestyle, which is the root cause of their challenges. A case in point is the Pharaoh of Egypt. God had sent Moses to tell the Pharaoh at the time to release the people of Israel from their bondage to the Egyptians, but he vehemently refused to let them go. So God sent plagues upon the Egyptians. Whenever a plague struck Egypt, the Pharaoh would feign repentance and promise to let the Israelites go. Moses would then pray to God, asking that the plague be stopped, and God would grant Moses' request. However, once the plague was removed, the Pharaoh would renege on his promise. Afterwards, God would send another plague, and when the pain inflicted by the plague became severe and unbearable, the Pharaoh would again repent and promise to let the Israelites go. Once God removed the plague and there is relief for the Egyptians, the Pharaoh would again break his promise and refuse to release the Israelites. This pattern continued. With each plague, the Pharaoh would show temporary remorse and promise to release the Israelites during times of severe hardship only to go back on his word once the hardship passed. Eventually, God drowned the Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea when, after releasing the Israelites, he reneged and pursued them, attempting to bring them back into slavery by force. The Pharaoh's behavior resembles that of people who feign or fake repentance when faced with difficulties but later return to the very activities that caused those problems in the first place. One cannot live a life of sin and claim to have repented. When people genuinely repent, they acknowledge that they have been living contrary to God's desire and no longer wish to continue that way. Returning to a sinful lifestyle after claiming repentance is therefore inconsistent with true repentance. False or fraudulent repentance is similar to what happens when a thief pleads for mercy and asks for a second chance after his court, but after receiving leniency, returns to a life of crime. Such a person has not repented. In the same way, it is unthinkable for someone claiming to have repented of sin to return to those sinful ways. True repentance involves a sincere change of heart and a commitment to live differently, forsaking the sinful actions that necessitated repentance in the first place. Indeed, it is written in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11, As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. And in Psalms 14, verse 1, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Invariably, anyone claiming to have repented of sin but is still living in sin is saying that there is no God. God forbid. True repentance necessarily involves admitting that one has been living in sin and strongly desires to forsake sinful living. You cannot claim to have repented and be born again only to continue living as you like. No, true repentance bears visible fruit, including the abandonment of a life of sin. It involves living for God and aligning one's life with God's desires. You cannot live for yourself and claim to have repented. Merely attending church meetings is not necessarily a mark of true repentance. When people came to John the Baptist's baptism without a genuine desire to change their lifestyle, he said to them in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 to 10, Brood of vipers, who want you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Beloved, true repentance is not about association with a particular church or church leader. It is always directed towards God, acknowledging sin and seeking to turn away from it. 
So if you have been playing tricks, claiming to be a Christian solely because of your affiliation with a church or religious leader, it is time to reconsider. Repentance is a sincere turning away from sin and turning toward God in faith. God is not a respecter of persons and anyone who does not live righteously before God will not inherit his kingdom. You do not repent to a church or church leader, but to God and with sincerity of heart at that. Take a moment to reflect on your journey of becoming a Christian and your current way of living. Were you seeking genuine transformation or were you merely interested in finding relief from something? Does your life align with God's desire as written in the scriptures? It is time to genuinely repent, convincingly turning away from a life of sin and turning toward God in faith. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we've had to hear your word today. I ask Almighty and everlasting God that as many as are giving a thought to what they've heard and are seeking to come to you in true repentance, that you grant them access onto your throne room and bring salvation to them. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. We can be reached after this broadcast by text or by calling us on either 807 777 or 0803-777-9931. The numbers to call or send text to again are 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. I really would love to hear from you. God bless you and goodbye.